Ugh, why am I always such an idiot? Oh, my friends never want to do what I want. Oh my God, you literally do this all the time and I cannot stand it anymore. Do these phrases sound familiar to you? If you're like most people, this is what your internal monologue sounds like. Or perhaps you've exchanged or received some of these remarks during a heated encounter. These seemingly normal phrases are particularly dangerous. And in this episode, I'll explain why. You're listening to the Purpose Filter Podcast, the show that shares actionable strategies and tools to help you make the most out of your one life. I'm your host, Dr. Louie Kathy Zhang, life coach and hospice doctor. I help you shift focus to what's most important in life and guide you towards taking action to change your life for the better. In this episode, we are talking about all or nothing language, why it's dangerous for our mental health and our relationships, how subtle shifts in language can manifest in powerful changes in our identities and daily actions, and of course, a practical nugget of wisdom you can apply immediately after listening to combat your worst inner critic. By the way, I am so glad you're here. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone. If not, you can leave a rating on Spotify. It just takes a few seconds and it really helps get this show into the ears of more people so we can help others get clarity, gain confidence and take action as well because we're just humans and we're all going through life together, right? Anyway. I'm grateful you're listening and let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Purpose Filter. Hope you are doing incredible this week. On today's episode, we are going to talk about all or nothing language. Oh, and I love this topic because if you know me, you know how much I care about language in what I do as a hospice and palliative care physician and what I do as a coach, right? Language matters. Subtle shifts in language, in tonality, in word choice make a huge difference in the communication, in the message that we're trying to say, right? At work, I'll say things in family meetings to start it off to find out the patient's or family's perception of what's going on. We'll say things like, what do you understand about what's going on with your disease? Versus, what have the doctors told you about what's happening with your disease? Now, they may seem pretty similar. Both questions are trying to figure out what they understand, what they know about the situation. And when we get that from them, we're able to have a better framework of how to guide the rest of the conversation. And now the former question, what do you understand, isn't necessarily bad or wrong. But in my experience, a lot of times people will get angry and be like, of course, I understand. I understand everything and then shut down and you've lost rapport with the patient and you have to find ways to build it back up. And that is not the way we wanna start a conversation, right? So a lot of times that subtle shift in being like, okay, what have the doctors told you about your disease? That subconsciously makes them think like, oh, okay, this person is brand new to me. I've never met this person before. They're asking me a question. What have the doctors told me? Because they weren't here when the doctors told me things. I will happily, tell them what the doctors told me. And you get to the same endpoint, but it's in a different way and you don't lose rapport with the patient. 
you can use this in your own discussions. If you're having a conversation with someone, if you're asking for feedback from an employee, a boss, whatever it is, when it comes to things like empathy, I understand how you feel versus I can't imagine how you feel. The former, I understand. A lot of times people will be like, oh, you understand what it's like to have terminal cancer and die in a few months? You understand that? Because you don't look very sick to me. And it's like, okay, all right, I'm sorry. That wasn't the intended outcome of what I was trying to say. And I see it in coaching too. People will say things like, I've never been someone who's confident. And then we'll discover that there are real examples of times when they have felt confident. People will say, I'm a terrible parent. And one of my teachers, Melissa Tears, likes to say, okay, you're a terrible mother. How often have you let your kids be unfed for 24 hours, 48 hours, right? When was the last time you let them drink bleach? And it sounds really ridiculous. And it's also like, hey, there are different definitions of what a quote unquote terrible parent is. Or maybe you get this one a lot. You fight with your partner. You always criticize me. Or you never help out. You always leave the toilet seat up. Does that sound familiar? And here's the thing when it comes to our brains. Our brains love to generalize, distort, and delete. We process 11 million bits of information a day. Some estimates, some research will say that it's 34 gigabytes worth of data daily. And we need to do this to survive. Like if I asked you, what did you eat for lunch 56 days ago? You're like, fuck if I know what I ate for lunch two days ago, much less 56. Our brains can't possibly hold on to that much information. It has to make things simpler. And so with all or nothing language, we see a pattern. Maybe our spouse doesn't pick up after themselves a couple of times. And our brain being our brain will generalize and be like, they never pick up after themselves. And then we get angry because, of course, why would we not be angry at someone who never picks up after themselves? So I want to bring this to your attention because we do this all the time, myself included. I'm no saint, right? We do this all the time and we are not even aware of it. And just remember, your brain likes to be right. So whatever you think, it will find evidence for. So let's use our brains to our advantage. And that's what I love about coaching as well, because we get down to the nitty gritty. And I am not afraid to pause you and be like, hey, you're using all or nothing language. Is that really, really true? Now, if you know me, you know that I hold space. It's what I do. I'm incredibly good at it. If we're having coffee, you can spill your entire life story to me. I will sit and nod in comfort and support you. But if you're paying me or anyone to coach you, we'd be doing you and your brain and your future a disservice if we keep allowing those negative patterns to play out. And so in this episode, I want to bring this up to you so that you can coach yourself if you don't have the budget, if you're not ready, if you're in between coaching sessions, because no one can be there with you 24-7. It's to give you the tools to catch yourself and be like, am I saying always? Am I saying never? Because that's not helpful for me. And I say this a lot, right? There is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. You're not unlovable. This is just science. It's neurochemistry. It's manifestations of trauma and past experiences and habitual neural pathways that you've gone down because it's easier for your brain to do that because it wants to conserve energy. That's just it. It wants to conserve energy. 
It's constantly scanning your environment for threats and perceived threats. So it doesn't want to remember all the different times when things could have been not lumped into one category. And so here's what we can do. One thing that you can start doing is to refute your own negative thoughts. If you're aware enough, if you recognize that like, hey, I am having some not so nice thoughts about me. My inner critic is going ham. My inner critic is going wild. Refute your own thoughts as if you were your own defense attorney, your own Johnny Cochran, if anyone remembers and is old enough to remember Johnny Cochran. Every time the prosecution, aka your brain, tries to make a negative claim against you, you do everything in your power to prove it wrong. You'd be like, oh, you're always such an idiot. Really? Am I? Am I such an idiot all the time? Always? Because if I were always an idiot, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am today. I may not have graduated from school if I were always such an idiot. Something along those lines. Okay, I'm adding this section on, and I really never do this, but I was listening back to this episode in preparation of getting it published, and I just had to add this little wrinkle in the episode because this episode is about language, right? And here it is. When you're doing this exercise, when you are acting as your own defense attorney, I actually want you to defend yourself. Say, my client, insert your name, actually is a wonderful, upstanding citizen. The prosecution puts up a good case. However, my client is actually a loving parent who has never given their child bleach to drink and is not a terrible parent at all, (laughs) right? My client, even though the prosecution says always messes things up, in the past, my client has actually executed many, many things perfectly well and is an upstanding citizen, whatever, whatever, whatever. Because by acting as the defense attorney and saying these things about yourself, you are temporarily dissociating yourself from the things that are going on in your mind. Because in some ways you'll say like, oh, I actually am a good mother, but then you don't actually believe it because if you believed it, then you wouldn't have the thought that I'm a terrible parent right? So if you temporarily dissociate yourself away from it a little bit, and then you hear yourself listening to this one, if you do a good enough job as your own defense attorney, you're going to win the case. And you're like, damn, I'm pretty good as a defense attorney. Maybe I should have gone into law. (laughs) And then two, your brain will hear that and be like, actually, that is pretty good convincing evidence. Like, why didn't we think of that? Oh, wait, there's really good data. huh? And then at some point you'll make the realization that, oh, wait, the defendant is me. That's me. Those are my accomplishments. Those are my outstanding qualities. Okay. And then your unconscious mind will take over when you sleep. You'll start to feel a little bit different. You might not notice, but then if you do it enough, you're like, oh, okay. It's pretty damn cool. Anyway, back to your regular scheduled programming. And again, these exercises that I bring up will seem really, really silly, but what they are are pattern interruptions. If it breaks the pattern, because otherwise, if you don't in that moment break that pattern, it's like if you're training a dog, if they do something like they're peeing on your carpet and you don't immediately let them know that that stimulus deserves a response, that every time they pee on the carpet, they hear a big loud no from you. They're not going to associate that peeing on the carpet is something that they should not do. And it's the same thing with us. We need to interrupt our own negative pathways because the more that we do that, the less our brains are going to go down that route. 
And in that way, you show yourself you don't always have to believe your inner critic, your shadowy self-doubt. And so catch yourself the next time you say always, the next time you say never. It signals to your brain and your body, and it presupposes that whatever you're talking about, that you're saying always or never, is not a fixed trait. And if it's not fixed, if it's not permanent, then there is possibility for change. That introduces doubt. Like, oh crap, all right, fine. You know what? It isn't all the time. Okay, well, if it isn't all the time, then maybe it can be what I want it to be more of the time. If it isn't all the time that I look stupid in front of my colleagues, then maybe I cannot look stupid in front of my colleagues more of the time. That's the first step towards change, is recognizing that change is even possible to begin with. That's what I love showing clients, and it's really cool to see them process that in real time. Like They go from being this activated central nervous system of anxiety and frustration with the all or nothing, always, never thinking, and then they start to get like, oh, hmm, okay, I mean, like I guess you're right, it's not always, and then... They allow themselves to dream or to play or imagine and consider a future when it's not so fixed, when it's not always, when it's not generalized, when it can be a higher proportion of what they actually want it to be. And I cannot wait for you to feel the same when you intentionally start to eliminate these words from your vocabulary because language matters. The words we say to ourselves and the words we say to others matter. If you're aware of your tendency to engage in all or nothing thinking and you still have trouble breaking free from those destructive thought patterns, the good news is you're human. You're not alone. What's even better news is that this is something I love helping clients with. Imagine how good it'll feel when you're so in control of your own thoughts and emotions that it doesn't even bother you when your partner doesn't do the dishes or when your family member criticizes your life decisions and when no challenge is too great for you to wrap your head around. That's the power of coaching. And that's what's possible when we work together. Click the link in the show notes to book your introductory call or go to my Instagram and click the link in bio. Until then, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. <laughs>